Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. You are listening to Linux in the Hampshire. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello everybody and welcome. You have tuned in to episode number 385 of Linux and Hamtrak, the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet. And this is the first episode back of 2021. And of course, we couldn't start anywhere else, but with the weekender. <laughs> yeah, it's a brand new year and let's end the week. So um, what we talk about on the weekender is upcoming contests and upcoming special events in amateur radio, upcoming events and things to do and things to enjoy in the open source world. And then we dive into hedonism where we talk about food and music and booze and all the things that make life worth living. So let's go ahead and dive into that. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD. So thanks everybody for waiting for us to come back from our little break that we usually take uh, a little bit before Christmas through the first week of January. But now that we are back, let's go ahead and get right into it. And Bill starts us off with the Amateur Radio Contest Calendar. That's right. And, of course, we get all these contests from ContestCalendar.com, the best ContestCalendar.com in the world. (laughs) (laughs) The best and only. Yes, contest calendar. So yeah, we have uh, the North American QSO party coming up this weekend, and this is the CW variant. It runs from 1800 Zulu January 9th to uh, 0559 Zulu January 10th. Although I believe the rules actually say 0600 Zulu, but we'll we'll just take whatever they have there in there. And of course, the bands are 160 through 10. No work. And uh, this is the this is the fun one. It's a 12 hour window, I believe. There, if I can do my math properly. And uh, you can work 10 of those as a single op station with a 30-minute break minimum if you take a break. And, uh, yeah, you can also form teams. So you may wish to form a team with your fellow NAQP participants. If so, your team must consist of two to five single operator stations whose individual scores are combined to produce a team score. Although clubs or other groups have been having more than five members may form multiple teams, there, there are no distance or meeting requirements for a team entry. Teams must be registered prior to the start of the contest. So, yeah, this is a fun one to kind of mess around with. Uh, the max power is uh, 100 watts. I mean, technically, you can run more than 100 watts, but I believe you become a check log at that point. So there's no advantage to uh, to running uh, full power. You can just, just run barefoot right out of your uh, normal rig. Uh, next weekend, we have the single sideband version of that same contest. And, uh, let's see. It's also, it's parallel with the, uh, North American collegiate competition. They run those in parallel, same contest, same, uh, same, uh, exchange. And that will run from 1800 Zulu January 16th to 0559 Zulu January 17th. 160 through 10, no work, single sideband. So you can pull out your microphone, you know, 
some of you probably have only done FT8 lately, so it's time to plug that microphone back in. It's that little thing with the little squeezy, squeezy button on it, and it's probably got a little coily cord and stuff like that. Looks really flexible, and you hold it up to your mouth and you talk into it. So, so there you go. Um, and again, you can do a team competition with this. So if you're interested, form teams. It's actually kind of a fun thing. Your your clubs also kind of already get compiled because you put in your club entry information and your contest log and your Cabrillo file when you submit it to them. But the team entry, you have to be registered on the website and they have separate registration URLs for both for the uh, CW contest, the sideband contest and the ready contest. So uh, get in there, form some teams, have some fun. It's, it's just kind of like a little, a little side competition. Um, also next weekend, we have the ARRL January VHF contest and that one runs from 1900 Zulu, January 16th to 0359, 0359 Zulu, January 18th. And this is six meters and up. So, uh, everybody gets on this contest that wants to play around in, uh, you know, some good VHF land. Uh, modes here are any. And what they say is any, all legal modes are permitted while CW and single sideband phone are most common. MSK 144, FT8, FM only are gaining popularity. Other popular modes include PSK 31, FS, excuse me, FSK 441 and JT 65. For Cabrillo file mode definitions, digital modes should be represented as DG, Delta Golf, for all things digital or PH, uh, Papa Hotel or Romeo Yankee can also be used as digital modes are transmitted via phone audio. Stations in the uh, KH0 through 9, KL7 and KP1 through KP5, Charlie Yankee 9 and Charlie Yankee 0 count as uh, North American stations and can be worked by DX stations for contest credit. So this is a good one. Uh, rovers get out there and everything else. So, um, and, and we heard this from, uh, Don, KB2YSI, that if you're, if you're running FTA only and you're not getting the, you know, people to come back to you, there are people that are not running FT8 and are running single sideband. So make sure that while you're sitting there hitting transmit, you know, on your, on your WSJTX during the contest, you also give an opportunity to scroll back down the band and, you know, Send CW or CQ or, or you know, um, CQ contest uh, on the sideband side or, and possibly on the CW if you can do that. Otherwise, you know, at least at least get on the phone. So uh, those operators that are operating with phone only stations can also work you. So don't rely totally on digital mode unless you know, I mean that's all you're running. Um, you know, there's plenty of opportunity to work other stations out there in non-digital land. Now, the one thing I didn't mention is the state QSO party. Uh, challenge because uh, we don't start that until uh, February with the v- Vermont QSO party. So uh, we'll talk about that on the next episode. They have uh, a new challenge that they've uh, introduced and uh, that's kind of interesting. So be on the lookout for that uh, in the next episode. And I believe that's it for contests. Are you sure? <laughs> I'm sure. For, sure enough. <laughs> sure enough. All right. Very good. Then I guess we'll dive into some special events in the world of Amateur Radio. Uh, the first one I have listed here is the 120th anniversary of the Lucas Gusher. Uh, this will be operating from January 9th at 0900 Zulu to January 10th at 1500 Zulu. The call sign is Kilo 5 Sierra. 
The frequencies will be on or about 7.025, 7.250, 14.025, and 14.250. And it's a celebration of the discovery of oil in Texas. And you can look them up on QRZ for certificate instructions if you work this station. And the link to more information will, of course, be in the show notes. So check that out if you want to contact some folks down in Texas. We also have the Alaska RST CUSO party. This will be operating a whole month between January 15th and February 15th at various times. Call signs, primary call sign is Kilo Lima 7, Romeo Sierra Tango. Other call signs involved are VY1 RST stroke KL7, V8 RST stroke KL7, and VY0 RST stroke KL7. And this is just to contact that particular station in Alaska by whatever means necessary, apparently. Uh, you can get a certificate by email for working any of the three above stations when you QSL. If you're a member of the Century Club Nets, the QSLs can be done via CCN Bureau or SASE. Anybody else needs an SASE. And make sure to look for KL7RST online from several different Alaska locations during that month of operation. So if you've ever wanted to contact Alaska, and a lot of people do, go ahead and check that out. We also have the 2021 Daytona 500 and Speed Weeks commemoration. Uh, this will be operating from January 9th through February 14th. So lots of opportunities there. Call sign is November 4, Delta Alpha Bravo. Uh, frequencies will be on or about 7.07, 7.255, 14.07, and 14.255. Go ahead and see the webpage that will be in the show notes for QSL and certificate information. There's a high-quality laser-printed certificate and photo-quality QSL card available. Operating hours dependent on propagation and availability. Phone, CW, and digital modes will be scheduled. So lots of opportunities to contact them. And then finally, we have the California Discovery of Gold, the Gold Rush. And this will be January 23rd from 1700 through January 25th at hot, 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 hot. Zulu, and uh, the call sign for this is kind of cool, AG6AU, so that would be, what, gold, six, or silver, silver, silver slash gold, silver, silver six gold, gold yeah. silver, <laughs> silver six gold, <laughs> AG6AU. Uh, frequencies will be on or about 7.248, 14.248, and 21.348. Oh, they're going to be operating 15 meters, cool, I love it, 15 meters, my band. Uh, this is a special event station commemorating the discovery of gold in the gold rush. QSL will be available. Check the website and call sign. Look up for additional information. And a link to more information, of course, will be in the show notes. So those are all I had. And the contest or the special event station thing at the ARRL is actually kind of sparse right now. So I'm surprised I found that many. But <laughs> there, there's a few others out there if you want to check it out. So, uh, so that moves us into announcements. And I didn't really have any announcements other than to say we're back. But if you're listening to this, you knew that. And um, we're still waiting to hear from Hamvention to see if Hamvention is going to be a thing. There has been some indication from Dara that they are planning to make an announcement one way or the other uh, in the next month or two. But, of course, we're just going to have to wait it out. COVID is still wreaking havoc around the world. And apparently lots of places, including the UK and Denmark, I know for sure, have already shut down again uh, due to uh, alternate strains of the virus breaking out. And uh, yeah, this is uh, quite the nightmare we've got going. But we're still hopeful for Hamvention and for all the other events and 
you know, things that happen in the world. Uh, we're finding a way to make things work, but of course it's, it's still a challenge. So it is what it is. You got anything you want to announce, need to announce? Um, we, um, we, we will have the hmm. QSO ham radio expo announcement on the next show. Uh, so stay tuned for that. That'll be coming up here pretty quick, but, uh, not, not like super urgent. So just listen to the next show for that. Not huge. I did get, uh, one announcement from, uh, from, I have no idea, section manager or something like that over in Washington. Um, they were, they were looking at the, uh, club listing over on the AWRL site. I don't know if you've, uh, ever checked into that for the, I, uh, I have not. Yeah, the registered clubs or affiliated clubs with the AWRL are all listed there. Um, they don't have the ability to have the club listed in more than one section. So clubs like, I don't know, the Open Source Amateur Radio Club, right? Uh, AF0SS would be available to anyone anywhere. That's right. Uh, but it would only be located wherever the trustee license holder is. So it would only be in Missouri section. So you couldn't find that club specifically if you were looking for clubs available to your section. Um, as well, they contacted me about the K2BSA. So, uh, they're, they're going to bring it up into the agenda for the January meeting of the directors. So, uh, I hear there's some rumblings anyway that the AWRL site is, uh, looking for another, uh, another update. Uh, we know it got updated. What? What, four years ago or something like that. <laughs> they went through the major redesign that took forever. Uh, so they're, they're talking about it again. They're talking about upgrading the, um, uh, the, uh, the club section there. So it can be more useful for people looking to find clubs that might cross uh, sectional boundaries and stuff like that. So, uh, ho- hopefully that'll come to fruition. That's kind of an interesting thing. I saw, uh, Dan or it was a Dan KB6 and you that wrote about, uh, um, the meeting information looking kind of sparse for the <laughs> the director's meeting in January. <laughs> it was either him or somebody else. I I, I I'm not gonna say it was Dan, but you know, yeah, Dan. Good, I'm good just gonna throw you under the bus. I, I can remember <laughs> <you> you. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So uh, so hopefully that makes it onto their uh, sparse agenda, and uh, that's kind of uh, one of the items that they look at fixing this year, since uh, they probably don't have much else that they can do except for continue to promote activity. So, all right, fair enough. Well, that would actually be handy for us since we have a sort of club that really has no boundaries, so to speak. So, um, I don't even know if our club is listed as an AWRL sponsored club in uh, Missouri. It should be because all of the all of the uh, officers are AWRL members. So, yeah, you have to make sure you uh, sign up for that, though. Uh, so well, I'm sure list. I haven't done that, so I guess I need to put that yeah, on my list. Submit a report because I think 50 percent or something. I don't know. Some percentage has to be uh, AWRL members, right? So. Well, I mean, I think we're closer to 100% right now. So. <laughs> but, yeah, probably. I'm a life member, so you can always <laughs> throw me on your list <laughs> if I'm not already there. <laughs> uh, you're already there. Yeah. So. All right. So with that, we'll move on. We have our Linux in the Hamshack Ham Radio Challenge for the new year. And I put in here, check out these summits on the Air website and work a soda activation. Those kind of things happen all the time. And we happened to be talking about it amongst ourselves here a day or two ago, and there might be some, you know, some members of uh, 
our Linux in the Hamshack listening audience who might be activating some summits here in the near future. So that's not me. It's the wrong time of year to be in the mountains. Here. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, check out for that. There'll of course be more information forthcoming if that becomes a real thing. But in, uh, in any case, just uh, look at soda and work some, some soda sites because people do actually put uh, sometimes a considerable amount of effort to activating some of those peaks. So check that out. And with that, we'll go ahead and move into this weekend in open source. And Bill's going to tell us about a uh, a distribution we used to talk about a lot. We don't talk about it quite as much anymore, but it's still around and still pretty popular. So what is it? That's still minty. It's uh, Linux Mint 20.1. So Linux Mint 20.1 will receive security updates until 2025. Uh, as they are both based on uh, Ubuntu 20.04 LTS. However, it will become with the desktop improvements and new apps developed by the Linux, Linux Mint project. So uh, this is a, uh, the general release is coming out. It's not quite out yet as we record this, but it is on some of the mirrors, including uh, kernel.org, which I have uh, linked in our show notes here. So it's the latest revision of... Um, of uh, Linux Mint. If you've uh, tried the beta, this, you'll be able to upgrade in the app itself, so you don't have to reinstall or anything else like that. So you should be able to go in your little software center or do a do an upgrade or update, whatever. It should take care of you. But it comes with some new cool stuff. Uh, some of the new apps that will be included are uh, uh, web apps that will let you turn your favorite sites into web apps. So be able to have like a, a launcher button you take a website and just uh, save it to your desktop and then it opens up as a as an app kind of like a progressive web app i'm thinking <laughs> uh they also have an iptv program that's called hypnotics that'll come preloaded with several freely available channels like if we can't get enough content you'll be able to get some more and uh, for the chromium fans they have started to compile their own version of chromium that does not rely on the ubuntu's snap packaging software so for all of you that don't like snaps, uh, there you go. <laughs> so I have snaps and flat packs on my Fedora system. So I, I, I don't really care. Um, but yeah, it's, it's out on the mirrors. Um, I think once it's fully out to every mirror, there will be an official announcement that it's released on their website. So be looking for that since you're going to probably get this before that happens um but you can for sure go to kernel.org and check out the mirror there and and pull down the isos right away for uh i believe they have mate xfce um cinnamon and i think that's it let me uh, i'm gonna click the button because i'm drawing a blank if there's another one xfce mate and cinnamon yeah so oh there's cinnamon and cinnamon edge so I'm not quite sure what the edge is. I can't remember specifically what is edge edge. The edge ISO is not recommended. So don't do that. That ships with the <laughs> 5.8 kernel, according to their notes here. <laughs> the other one comes with a 5.4 kernel kernel. So, uh, yeah, and they're all 64 bit. So if you're a Linux mint user operating, uh, you know, machine prior to a core two duo. Yeah. Pass hard pass. Um, otherwise, if you got a newer machine, you know, something at least in the last uh, decade, uh, you should be able to run 64 bit and these uh, images should all work for you. And uh, considering their cinnamon mate and XFCE, they're all lightweight desktops. So it should run, it should run fine. You can pick either one, whatever you like the looks of. So there you go. Yeah, well, my my main workstation just rolled out of the last decade. So <laughs> it's <laughs> 
Yeah. I just found out that the drivers that NVIDIA for, for my NVIDIA card also do not are not supported past kernel five dot four. Time to take it out back and shoot it. Yeah, I I'm well aware of that. Anyway. So very cool. Let's uh talk about the upcoming open source events. And this is where we bring Cheryl in to tell us about what's coming up there. And I, I heard the little pop, so she's she's ready to go. Of course I'm ready to go. So our first event is the Linux Foundation's Mentorship Series, Open Source Licensing. It's on January 13th, 2021. There is no charge for it. It's, of course, on. Um, and the little blurb about it says, Join us for Open Source Licensing with Steve Winslow, excuse me, Director of Strategic Programs at the Linux Foundation. Open source licenses are the engine that enables collaboration across boundaries and among community participants on transparent terms. In this webinar, Steve will review the role that licenses play in open source development and will describe best practices for managing and expressing license information in open source code. The session will begin with an overview by Steve and will be followed by Q&A, an opportunity to both ask questions and for group discussions. More information is in the show notes. The next one is the Emerging Tech Fest. It is January 26th through the 28th, 2021, online, based out of Wales, UK. The cost is free. Uh, during this event, there will be endless opportunities to allow your business to continue being resilient. Listen and engage with a huge range of keynote and panel sessions from inf- influential thought leaders and innovators. Gain insights into leading-edge technology, network with industry's most important decision-makers, and be inspired by the visionaries who are using emerging technology to make positive advancements across multiple sectors. This conference aims to leave you feeling inspired and full of knowledge on the opportunities available for your business using emerging technology. There's a wealth of support available in multiple communities working together, unlocking the power of emerging technology. Join us to find out how your business can achieve the same. More information in the show notes. And our last one is the EU Open Source Policy Summit. It's February 5th, 2021. It's online. It is free. The EU Open Source Policy Summit 2021 aims to build bridges and encourage exchanges between the vast open source community and European policymakers. At this virtual event, we will hear uh, representatives from many stakeholders working at the intersection of politics and technology. We look forward to convening this conversation at the critical juncture as discussions of open source move into deeper understanding of the strategic role open source software and hardware will play in Europe's digital future. Again, more information in the show notes. Yeah, so the uh, LHS Open Source Challenge is... uh this fortnight is to play Fortnite. No, just kidding. Uh, try running Ubuntu or another supported a full distribution on a Raspberry Pi. Like you could even run Fedora on there or other uh, single board computer. So time to break out the full desktop on your single board computer and see how much you can run before it keels over and goes thermal. <laughs> so, and that takes us to our favorite part. And this is a way to start the year, our our hedonism segment. Uh, and we always start by stuffing our face with yummy goodness out course. of Cheryl's kitchen. So, Cheryl, <laughs> take it away. It, it has been a very, very, very long time since I've had this. Um, and, you know, my grandmother always made it. It was it was like a birthday cake thing. 
But, you know, I decided because Valentine's Day is coming up. I'm not a huge fan of chocolate cake, but this this cake was a favorite of my childhood. And it is Coca-Cola fudge cake. Needs butter, vegetable oil, Coca-Cola, white sugar, flour, eggs, cocoa powder, baking soda, buttermilk, and vanilla. And for the frosting, you need powdered sugar, softened butter, Coca-Cola, cocoa powder, chocolate syrup, and vanilla. And so it's a super easy cake to bake, super rich, and so, so good. So I'll have to make this one day and see if I can get Russ to eat it because he's just not a chocolate But he might eat this. It kind of depends. I mean, sometimes I'm in the mood for chocolate cake, and sometimes I'm not. It just, you know, yeah. Well, depends, and that's, that's kind of my thing too. I, you know, I I'm kind of picky about my chocolate cake. So, but if, if you can make really it into good. cupcakes, we could probably make that work. Of course, you can make it into cupcakes. Well, see, there you go. Cupcakes are, are little cakes, and I like little cakes. <laughs> and then for my mixed drink corner to go with your chocolate cake, how about a strawberry mimosa? And the ingredients for that is strawberry sugars, sugar, and champagne. You blend all of this together in the food processor, pour it into champagne flutes, top with a little splash of champagne, garnish with a strawberry, and great. That sounds good to me. Uh, chocolate and strawberries definitely tend to go well together. Yes. And um, we, we're not going to talk about it on this particular episode, but if you're wondering why Cheryl sounds a little weird this time around, Tune into the next episode where you will receive the entire story. And if you don't want to wait that long, check Facebook because the story's there as well through someone. Well, I know I've posted about it. Have you posted about it? Well, I was talking about you. No, I haven't posted about it. Okay. I mean, well, people, yeah. people know where to find you. Well, yeah, because yeah, as Bill says, I'm all over the face bags. So. All the time. <laughs> punch in the face bag every single day yeah there you go (laughs) (laughs) all right so moving on as um, now that i can talk again um we're going to talk about my drink corner for tonight and it's something that as we discussed in the uh the little bit of time before the show i'm not sure why i haven't done this one yet i'm going to talk about tonight it is eagle rare 10 the 10 year version of eagle rare kentucky straight bourbon whiskey the uh, description on this, kindly provided to us by Sazerac, is Eagle Rare Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey is masterfully crafted and carefully aged for no less than 10 years. The rareness of this great breed of bourbon is evident in its complex aroma, as well as the smooth and lingering taste. Eagle Rare is a bourbon that lives up to its name with its lofty, distinctive taste experience. So now that we're through all the marketing BS, um, we can talk about what it actually is um <clears throat> the reason i think the reason i put this off is because it's one of those uh buffalo trace it's a btac it's an allocated bourbon so it's not necessarily readily available but that can be dependent on where you live because it's really really hard for me to find and it's on the shelf all the time where bill is so <laughs> <laughs> well it's they did run out this year so it's still allocated right but yeah, I mean, it's easier to find in some places than others. I mean, that's, that's clear. But if you can find it, it runs about 30 to $35. So it's certainly an approachable price for this particular 10 year age bourbon or at least 10 year age bourbon. It contains Buffalo Trace mash bill number one. They are very cagey about their mash bills. So we don't really know what's in it, but it is less than 10% rye. So this does tend more towards the sweeter notes. It's bottled at 45% alcohol or 90 proof. 
comes out of the, of course, Buffalo Trace Distillery, which is in Frankfort, Kentucky. The color on it is medium amber or medium to dark amber, as it should be since it's been sitting in a barrel for at least 10 years. One thing I will say for it is that the nose is far more complex and interesting than the taste. It doesn't mean the taste is bad. It just means there's a lot more to to get through your nasal passages than through your pie hole. So on the nose, I get chocolate and hints of orange peel, which I would in some cases even put together as like a chocolate orange. If you've ever had a chocolate orange, you kind of know what I'm thinking. There's also some herbal notes, honey, vanilla, butterscotch, leather, and of course, oak. You're going to get some oak char because, as I've said, it's been in a barrel for at least 10 years. The taste on it is good, certainly acceptable, but not nearly as complex or interesting as the nose. Uh, The the oakiness and the barrel spice comes off more heavily. You get a, a sweet cream note, some toffee, cherry, candied almond. And a little bit of chocolate or cocoa. So, you know, dried chocolate. It's all in there. It's, it's really good. I mean, it's definitely on the sweet side. And uh, let me just make sure I haven't missed anything by taking another sip. No, I think that's got it. <laughs> and the finish, of course, is, uh, is a good medium long. Uh, there's a nice ABV here with a nice barrel age. So that, that taste is going to linger with you. And you're going to get some of that vanilla sweetness. Not necessarily vanilla specifically. Not like vanilla bean, but sort of a sweet cream sweetness, some chocolate-covered cherry, a little dune grass, and the final thing that leaves your tongue is that oak, like barrel stave. So it's very good. I, I mean, the nose is absolutely incredible. If the taste was anywhere as good as the nose, this would be rated much higher. But it's a very good bourbon for what it is. If you can find it, you should definitely get some. If you can find it with any kind of regularity, you should definitely keep it on hand. Uh, for the price point, the 35 to, you know, maybe 30 or even 40, depending on the part of the country you're in. Well, well worth it. Uh, I'm going to give it an easy, easy 92. Yeah, it's good. If you can find it, get it. There you go. Yummy, 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 yummy. <laughs> Eagle Rare 10 year Kentucky Street Bourbon Whiskey. Check it out and buy it if you can find it. All right, Bill, what do you got? Me? Nothing. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I did. I was trying a new, uh, I ran out of them though earlier because we were taking too long to start the podcast. Uh, a new IPA that, uh, geez, let me, let me, I was going to go at the can anyway, but it's from Belgium Brewing, I guess. It's Voodoo. You know, the Voodoo, I don't know. Do you, do you know what that one is? Voodoo Ranger brand, Voodoo Ranger. Let's see. I'm going to try to look it up real quick here. Uh, so it is, as they have a hazy imperial IPA. And I just got it the other day. So I'm trying to find the beer so I can say the right one. <laughs> it's in a red can. Oh my lord. All beer. Let me find it. Yes, I'm still 21. God, they're so terrible about this stuff. Uh, oh, there it is. The Voodoo Ranger Higher Plane Hazy Imperial IPA. So if that's not enough noise, is really good. It does have a IBU of 45. Well, that's not, that's not terrible. 45. Well, it's citrusy. So it's going to be one of the more citrusy, hoppy uh, IPAs. So anytime you get, anytime you get into a hazy IPA, it's going to kind of tastes sort of like grapefruit juice, you know, <laughs> which I, I happen to like. 
Uh, has an ABV of 8.5 because, you know, of course it's Imperial. So it must be special, special, special. Um, Boozy. and yeah, yeah, that's, uh, it's available here. So, uh, I picked up a six pack to try it out and, uh, I rapidly finished the six pack and, uh, yeah, it's really good. So, uh, I'm closing out the evening here with a, uh, a little puff on the, uh, old pipe and, uh, cause I ran out of cigars too. <laughs> and I got us some Kraken in with some Diet Pepsi. So, uh, a little bit of rum and coke to, uh, finish the episode evening. All right, very good. Well, I'm going to be finishing out the episode with the last of my dram of Eagle Rare and then probably pouring myself another one. <laughs> so, <clears throat> but that brings us down to the end of the show. So we want to thank everybody for tuning in again after our long winter's nap. And we're glad that you're still here with us. And of course, our short topics episode will be next and then we'll have a deep dive after that. Um, nothing really has changed. We're, we're doing it the same way as we always do. We just try and keep it entertaining as much as we possibly can. And we want to thank everybody who supports the show and everybody who listens. And we'll try and keep you all updated with the world of amateur radio and open source and all the things that are coming up and, and what's going on with us and the open source amateur radio club and, and everything that's going on. Cause it's, uh, it's a mad, mad, busy world, but it is what it is. And we want to thank the folks who are with us in the chat room tonight. The folks that we recognize in there were uh, Don, KC9ZMY, and I think Mike was in here too, K6GTE. So we probably want to add him to the list. And our our oldest friend, Ted, WA0EIR, who still hasn't given me a souvenir baseball. But, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe one of these days. Anyway, thanks, everybody, for listening. We hope you have a great weekend and a great upcoming fortnight and try out some of these things and check out the special events and all the stuff that's going on. And if nothing else, make some Coca-Cola chocolate cake and have some Eagle Rare and just enjoy life for a while. And with that, we'll go ahead and wrap up episode number 385 of Linux in the Ham Shack. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD73. For listening to this episode of Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a community sponsored podcast. The live show is recorded every Monday night at 8 pm Central Time, plus or minus QR1. Connect to the live stream at url.bcts.info stroke LHS Live. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page at patreon.com stroke LHS podcast or by using the contribute link on the homepage. Get in touch via social media. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter and YouTube. Our IRC channel is hash LHS podcast on the Freenode network and the Discord invite link is url.bcts.info stroke discord. You can also drop us an email at info at lhspodcast.info or leave us a voicemail at 1-909-LHS-SHOW. That's 1-909-547-7469. 
visit the online LHS merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show-themed merchandise. Become an ambassador and represent LHS at a local Linux convention or handfest. Email ambassadors at lhspodcast.info for more information or visit the homepage for details. Until next time, remember to always heed your hedonism. Shack and the Linux in the Hamshack logo are released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License.